James chapter 2 verse 14. The Bible says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? In other words, he's speaking more to the profession of faith. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed. And then you add a tongue on it. In Jesus' name. Without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? It's a waste move, family. So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Somebody say, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Well, James says, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from, uh, uh, faith apart from works is useless? I want to preach a message to you uh, today to conclude our goal series called Wake the Faith Up. Wake the Faith Up. And so uh, as we as we jump in, you know, I, I'm just excited. You know, uh, you're probably going to see me wear these like a kajillion times. I'm excited. I, I get to have some Jordans, y'all. You know, um, it, I, I saved up for 10 years uh, to be able to get some, you know, but there's some Jordan six rings uh, plus plus a coupon. Uh, I got a gift card. I got a $50 off gift card. And, uh, and, and so I finally, I, I, I got some J's. Even my son had J's before I did, you know, and I just feel cool about them. Some people think pastors shouldn't have good things. In fact, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a dude who decided that he was going to launch an Instagram page. Uh, I think it was, I'm, she said, don't say the name. Okay, he's not going to get any play. But I just thought I'd give him some more fuel uh, because he's, he's against pastors, apparently, uh, being able to have nice shoes. So he takes pictures of pastors. And so I just said, you know what? Let me just give him some more fuel. Here you go. Because we, well, you know, I, I, why can't I save up my money? You know, I use, I use uh, my assets because we use a lot of caution and we strive to use wisdom in what we invest. I don't go out and we're not superfluous in our spending. We don't have car notes, all those various things. But my assets, the things I have, when they make money, I can use that money with coupons and discounts to go out. And if my wife gives me the okay, to be able to splurge and buy something every now and again. Isn't that okay? And so, you know, in doing this, though, in doing this, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, like I told you, I've never, I, trust me, I've had plenty shoes with the Jordan logo on them. <laughs> Y'all don't know about that. Yo, fam, I'm from Scarborough, okay? I had all multicolored Jordans. I had, you know, you know, see, you, you know the shoes that just say Air? You know, it might be like Air J, you know? How, see, you don't, see, unless you grew up in the hood, you don't know anything about Frubu. You don't know about Frubu. Or, or, or it's not Nike, it's Nikkei. With a check mark as opposed to the swoosh. And all of these things. And ain't nothing wrong, fam. Like, yo, I would rather wear fake J's and have money in the bank and can afford them than trying to keep up with the Joneses and out here broke. Come on, somebody. 
But the reason why I'm mentioning all of this is because now that I actually have real J's, I know that I'm like, yo, this experience is different, fam. There, there's like some elastic stuff going on in here. Like I put my foot in this joint and it's like tight. It's like on there. I think that really had to do with why Jordan was able to like without those joints falling off because it's, it's some serious stuff. There is a notable difference. Trust me, I'm going somewhere. I didn't, some of y'all thought, you're like, oh, this one of them prosperity churches or he showed up to preach about Jays. No, I didn't come here to preach about Jays today, but I came to challenge you in regards to your faith. Because there are, the fact of the matter is there is a notable difference between that which is fake and that which is real. It may look the same on the outside. Oh, I feel my ride here. It might have the appearance. It, it could have the jump man symbol on there. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it is worthful or that it has, I think I just made up a word, worthful. Or that it is legit. And the Apostle James here in the book of James, he challenges us today around our faith. And, and with this goal series, even as we're entering into this next season, I'm just declaring over Serve City Church that this is getting ready to be the greatest harvest season that we have ever experienced as a church. Is there anybody that has some faith currency with me in here? I'm believing not only over Serve City, but even just over this region that we're getting ready to explore. Oh, I feel this thing. We're getting ready to experience salvations on another level, but it's not going to happen with us walking in a counterfeit anointing. Come on, somebody. It's only going to happen from us walking in the legit anointing of God. A lot of posers, a lot of posers, uh, but James is challenging us today to wake the faith up. Come on, somebody, and get up off your blessed assurance. And tell somebody that there is a Jesus, come on somebody, who rose from the dead with all power and has the capability to be able to change their lives. Note, he starts by saying, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does have not uh, that has not worked can the faith save him and so note this it sounds just theologically when you read this uh that or in a salvific context it's like hold up is james contradicting the bible because i thought that according to ephesians 2 8 and 9 that salvation is by grace through faith alone and then paul says not of works it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Titus 3, 5 says, for he saved us, come on, not of works, but by the washing and the renewal and the regeneration of the Holy Ghost. So it seems as if he's contradicting the rest of scripture. But no, 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 baby. James is not uh, contradicting scripture. He instead is speaking about those who are posers or have a profession of faith, but it, it is a counterfeit faith. It is a faith that just has profession and has a skin and has a body, but there is no substance to it. He's saying that this faith, faith that does not work, faith that just has the form, faith that just has the logo, but does not actually have any works to go with it. He's saying that this faith without 
works is dead and it's very we have to be very careful this is why it's important that we do hermeneutics which is it means the science of bible interpretation it's important for us to read things in context and not to build doctrine off of one scripture because and this is this is for you this is so you understand because there are many people when they read the bible They'll find things that may contradict with it, with the, uh, with other places in scripture. And they'll be like, see, the Bible contradicts itself. Well, no, you just don't, you're just not reading it in context. You're not exploring and expounding upon. Have you ever said something and, you know, somebody took your words out of context? You know, you might have said something that sounded like, like, uh, like what somebody was trying to portray. But if that statement, if they read it or talked about it in context, then they would recognize that what you were meaning was not what they were hearing. And so it is oftentimes with what we do with the scripture. But here in the text, James is not in a place where he is contradicting the doctrine and the fact that salvation is by grace through faith. He in fact or otherwise he is trying, he is trying to challenge us to make sure that our faith is authentic. And note what he says. I want us to start here. If you will, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible is clear uh, that he's going on. He says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So, you know, the fact of the matter is, and I just want to speak to this, the church today is replete with profession but it is deficient in demonstration. It is replete. It is full of people who are professing. There are lots of hands. I love, I love when hands are raised at the end of service today. We are going to offer you an opportunity to respond to the love of Jesus. And I call you to raise your hand. And, 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 uh, and, and, and if, you're, if that is your decision. And we praise God for that. Lots of hands are raised, especially on Sunday mornings. But what we find, what we find is that there are people who will raise their hands but will not go all the way and so the only thing better than a hand raised is the decision to go on and walk out what God has called you to if you've been saved and you have not yet been baptized then that hand raise is in vain I'm not saying that baptism saves you but Jesus says that you need to believe and then be baptized and there are people, and I'm telling you, this might sound harsh to some of you, but I'm telling you, I'm coming from a country where people are piling on top of each other and having to worship in the dark. They wish that they could just be open without consequence and stand for their faith. And we have to pull teeth for some of us to say and to declare that we're Christians. No one should have to beg you to get baptized if you have been saved. If you have been saved, it's more. It's more than just putting your hand up in the air. It's more than just repeating a cute prayer. You ought to go the next step and then even beyond baptism. If you truly are saved, if you truly have faith in Jesus, if you truly did not just repeat a cute prayer and that you just don't come to church to just check off an I went to church card today to make yourself feel better about yourself, then you ought to be a disciple of Jesus which means that you are following him can I challenge someone's faith today which means that you shouldn't be the only person that got saved since you got saved 
which means that you should be putting yourself and opening yourself to the Lord to allow you come on somebody to be used by him to touch other people's lives somebody say go look at your neighbor tell him wake the faith up come on wake the faith wake the faith up the church today is replete with profession but deficient in demonstration i want to go on you know because notice he asked the question he says you might be in a position where he says what good is it that someone might show up to you and then they're to the place where they're naked and the king james version speaks more about they're naked and they don't have any food what good is it that you look at that person and tell them god bless you and you know how we do with our sanctified looks you know and we just feel good about ourselves because we might drive by somebody and pass them the quarter that's in your ashtray and then you feel good about yourself and then you go home and you think that you did what you need to do or you might go past somebody and you see them in a need and you're like oh brother i'm praying for you oh sister i'm praying for stop praying and get to the place come on somebody where you put some demonstration behind that faith that you profess it's not going to do any good for someone that's naked if you pray for them and you got clothes in your house and many of us our cupboards are full to overflowing with stuff that you only wore once can i just keep it real on this morning And we're telling folk we're going to pray for them. And the church is so good at trying to use, and this is my next point, the church needs to stop trying to use spiritual solutions to meet physical needs. The church needs to stop trying to use spiritual solutions to meet physical needs. Yes, we need to pray. We are a church that believes in praying. We're pray, we pray through the week and we encourage you to pray. Before you got here, uh, there was an intercessory team that was walking up and down this, these aisles and praying and welcoming the presence of God. But I'm telling you, a prayer and a shudabada handa, tamayala botai are not going to pay the light bills. Come on, somebody. The prayers that you pray, yes, they should. They're giving you the intestinal fortitude and the power and the boldness to go out and do something but you've got to be to the place where we don't just get that power come on somebody but we get to the place where our works and our resources start lining up with our faith where we don't just hear and see that someone is in need but that we go out of our way to be able to meet the natural needs come on somebody if someone has a money deficiency they need money not your tongues If someone is naked, they need clothes, not your tongues. Come on, somebody. Or your prayers. Pray for them, yes. But get to the place where you allow God to use you and your resources. Because your faith and your prayer without works is dead. Somebody say, wake the faith up. Wake the faith up. The church needs to stop trying to use spiritual solutions, man, to meet physical needs. We are good at praying. We're good at coming in here and worshiping. We're good at lifting holy hands in the sanctuary and blessing the Lord. We're good at all of this when people around us are dying. And if you look at the ministry of Jesus, thank you, Holy Ghost. Jesus showed up. Listen, man. And he did miracles. He didn't do. Notice the miracles that he would do. He would do. He wasn't just interested in their spiritual needs. In fact, he would show up and meet their natural needs in most cases he would feed 5,000 miraculously with five loaves and two fishes am I still in the book 
he would so so and then he would preach to the people because so, a lot of folks aren't trying to hear you when while their belly's grumbling come on somebody with you talking about the kingdom and how good god is and oh how lord with your car and with your house and what you have come on somebody while they're sitting there in a place of deficiency when you have it in your power to be able to show them the love and so jesus was showed us this example of how he went beyond just words and just spiritual things to be able to use his resources to take care of those who were needy to make sure that people were their physical needs were being met and not just their spiritual needs are you with me And that's why, that's why I'm telling you it is imperative for us to get to the next level. Not only this, so as we go on, look at what he says in the text. The Bible says that it makes no sense. Go and peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. He says, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not the, this or that. It's a this and that. It's not, oh, you have faith and someone else is going to have works. No, if you actually have faith, it is required that is there, that there is some demonstration. And I'm telling you, man, I am not to the place where I'm not in the business of growing a church that is just full of people who make professions of faith but don't live out any faith. I want in order for us to be a our vision is to serve God and to serve all and to inspire other people. Come on, somebody. And that is not going to happen if people just show up on a Sunday and make professions, but don't actually do anything with this faith that they profess. And some of you might say, oh, this is harsh and this is rough and all of this sorts of stuff. Every now and again, the goody goody gumdrops and the lollipops and yay Skittles. That's not going to challenge you. To do what God is calling you to do. And I'm just telling you that the call that God has on our live serve city, the call that God has on your life, because you're not just on mission when you show up on Sunday morning, you're on mission on Monday through Saturday in your home. Who's with me this morning in your, on your job, you're on mission in every area of your life. You are called to be on mission and you and I, if you're, if we are going to be effective, myself included, we have got to get to the place where we go beyond mere profession to actually putting works to our to our faith belief alone in God and his ability are not enough for his power to be demonstrated in and through you this is why this is why he goes on he says uh he says he says show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works you believe that God is one he says you do well but even the demons believe And shudder. And then he says, don't you realize that faith apart from works is dead? What he's saying is here, he's saying, yo, belief alone is not enough. Even the devils believe. Even the devils have faith. That's why when you when you come to someone who is demon possessed, the devil don't want to get out of them. But the devil will oftentimes shudder and will and will and will cry out and will realize that there's a presence, especially when you say the name of Jesus, that is greater than it that is there at that moment. Devils believe, but devils aren't bringing glory to God. 
And many of us, and this is it, many of us are so lukewarm. We are just professing you've been saved for years, some of you. And you've been in the same place that you were when you raised your hand or when you got baptized. And that's not God's desire for you. His desire is for you to be to the place where you are maturing in your faith and where there is fruit that comes from your faith. And that's why I showed up. I came back to encourage you guys to realize that belief in God and his ability is not enough. It's not enough to just declare that you believe. But you and I have got to get to the place where we go a step further and actually allow the Lord to use us for his glory. Man, I'm telling you, there are people in your community that have your that you are assigned to. There are friends that you drive by and people that you talk about and God is not assigned for you to gossip about them he has assigned for you to demonstrate the gospel to them and there are people who need to see and experience what is in your life but they won't if you and I will not wake the faith up and make moves I'm telling you inviting people to Easter next Sunday is not just about getting to the place where we fill an auditorium But it's getting people to a place where you and I are on mission to where we are inviting them to experience life change. And so, you know, like I said, some people might be like, this is too rough. This is too harsh. Well, listen, the toleration, here it is, an affirmation of mediocrity is responsible for the irrelevance and ineffectiveness of many Christians today. Think it, think it. The toleration and affirmation of mediocrity is responsible for the irrelevance and the ineffectiveness of many Christians today. The fact that we are not willing to challenge people in regards to their faith. The fact that we are not willing. We're like, oh no, we don't want to step on anybody's toes. We don't want people to be mad at us. Listen, man, if it's booger hanging out my nose, if my fly is down, I hope it's not down now, but if my fly is down, I want you to tell me, come on somebody, because I want to make sure that I am at my best. And there are people who are in your life right now that are not operating in the blessed life that God has called them to. And you and I, because we don't want to offend them, we don't want to say things that are going to push them away, that we don't realize that oftentimes the advice and the counsel and the challenging that we're holding back from folk is exactly what they need to go to the next level and as a result their mediocrity is pervasive and we are becoming irrelevant as a church and ineffective because we won't challenge one another if you and hear this hear this if you are not a christian don't take offense to this i'm especially speaking to christians if you are a christian and you are not giving you are being disobedient to god's word and many of you watch this many of you will come and complain about how broke you are but yet you don't give And I will get up here and we talk about giving every Sunday. And I even tell you that I give because I'm not telling you to do something that I don't do. And I tell you about the benefits according to scripture if you give. But yet and still you will not do it. Yet you say, you profess that you have faith in this God. Oh, he's a God that's a provider, Jehovah Jireh. But you don't give. This is disobedience if you are saved and you are to a place where you are not witnessing. Because, and, and you know what? I'm going to go back to the giving for a second. And it's okay. Even if you don't like me, I love you. 
Because a lot of times people be like, oh, well, I just give of my time. I praise the Lord for your time. Glory to God for your time. We need, I thank God for our dream team. I thank God for everybody who gives in this shirt, uh, gives of your time because the, the, the people hours and the volunteer hours are absolutely necessary to make things happen. But I'm telling you, fam, this, uh, can I just keep it real? The time does not pay the bills. The time is not going forward to, to finance the vision that God has on this house. And many of you, you even have the nerve to criticize the impact or the lack thereof that we have made as a church oh i wish that we did more stuff why didn't we reach more people oh that many people Uh only 136 people got saved you only gave this amount of money in benevolence this month how you think we give money to people how do you think the vision goes forward How do you think churches are built? How do you think that lives are changed? How do you think we're able to reach people in India? How do you think we're able to make impact in the city of Toronto that many people who don't know Jesus or who are dead will come to life? It happens because of your generosity and your giving. And you and I, both of us, I mean, last week my wife came to me and she was like, babe, I gave something extra today. And she was like, I had to do it because I sense that God is getting ready to do something in our lives. And I want to make sure we have the seed in the ground. It is important if you are a believer. And I'm, this is why I'm challenging you. Some of you have never given, yet you, you pull on the leaders as well. You're like, come and do this and do that and do this and do that. And you're desirous of service, but you are not giving in the house. And you are in a place, no, we're not under the law. No, you're not. I'm not telling you you're going to be cursed. I'm not going to put some sort of condemnation on you. I'm not going to tell you that if you do give, you're going to get a house or a car or a Bentley. It has nothing to do with that and everything to do with worship. If you worship God above money, you will honor God with your money and not just the cop out saying, I'm giving my time. Can I keep it real today? If you're not a Christian... Don't this don't apply to you. If you are new here, don't feel pressure. I'm talking about people who are saying serve city is your home and saying that you are following Jesus. Is it okay? It might be tight, but it's right. And it's that toleration. Oh, Lord, it's that toleration. And that Adam, you know, I want and this is the thing. I I just I'm going to say it. And my wife isn't even giving me any crazy looks today. So she's with me. So I'm going to keep on going. You don't. I'm not telling you to give because you're going to because it's because of my benefit. Listen, fam. I'm straight. I'm telling you to give because I want you to be blessed. It's because I truly believe this thing. I've seen God. I've given my last five dollars and the next day the Lord met all of my needs. Oh man, y'all think this is a joke. I'm not patty caking or playing games. I wonder if it's about three or four people in this place that have experienced the provision of God that you truly believe that he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will reap pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'm living off a seed that I planted over a decade ago. There's stuff in my life right now that's manifesting. Come on, somebody. That it's coming from seeds that were planted years and years ago when I didn't have nothing. 
I'm telling you guys, that's the way that it works, fam. Sowing and reaping. It's a law. It's the way it works. And so many of us with our faith, I, I'm just, but I'm telling you, it's not about me. Trust me, fam. If you see me driving a Bentley one day, it's not going to be because of the church. If you see me with any of that stuff, it's because I'm outside. I'm hustling and making my, I'm not out there slinging drugs or nothing. I'm like, pastor drug dealer. No, I'm a hope dealer. Hey. It's because I'm out there. Y'all see me, y'all see me wearing uh, the grandma cap and, and talking with a Bajan accent and doing this comedy and stuff. You don't realize that's business, fam. People think I'm just showing up on my on, on my Gabri comedy page, Seamus Plug, and making jokes and doing comedy and talking about uh, licks and all them type of stuff in this. And people are saying, look, why is this guy doing this? Is he just looking for attention? No, fam, it's business. I'm out there hustling and doing my thing aside from the church because I'm not looking to just live off the church. Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to get rich off this church. But I want you guys. I want you to experience everything God has for you. There is a blessing and a benefit in sowing into the kingdom of God. Somebody give God praise right there, man. And so I'll tell you this. Look at this, man. And this is where I end. And Courtney, you can come and get me because I'll preach for another 40 minutes. You, he says, you have faith. Show me your works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You know, it's not, there's no this or, it's this and. You know, you don't get to just pick one. You, if you have one, if you have faith, then it's going to be substantiated by your works. But then he goes on and he says, you believe God is one. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be known, oh foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? And notice this. So I want you to, t- I want to tell you this, you know, this, this is where the challenge is. This is what's been in my spirit. Stop praying about doing stuff that God has already told you to do. So be, we, this, this is what we do. When we are scared, watch this, to do what God has told us to do, we talk about, I'm praying about it. And then watch this. When we want to be presumptuous about things, here we go, here we go, that you know you're not supposed to do, you co-sign it with, in Jesus' name. Because you think that, that's going, that God is now going to jump on and co-sign. Y'all don't want to be real with me. And co-sign what it is that you're declaring simply because you say in Jesus' name. Stop praying about stuff, fam. Like when my kids come to me and talk about, you know, I don't care how they take the garbage out. Gabriel can build a space discombobulator and fly it out through the roof. I don't care. If I tell him to take out the garbage, I just want him to take out the garbage. And many of us praying about it. You don't need to pray about tithing, which means a tenth of your... You don't have to pray about that. We see the benefit of it, the principle, not the law, but the principle in Scripture. That's why my wife and I, we give at least a tenth of our income. I don't have to pray about that. Because I trust God enough that my 90% that I have is better than 100% that I could, that I would have without giving a portion to the Lord. And we're going to keep, I'm going to tell you this, and she knows we're in this agreement. We are going to keep increasing 10, 20, as the Lord continues to bless. Because you can never beat God's giving. 
Stop praying about witnessing to. I'm praying about witnessing to my cousin. I'm praying about going to. Jesus said, go. Ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son. And the, he told you to go. He said in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses for me in Judea and Jerusalem and in all the uttermost parts of the world. He has already given you the assignment. He has already given you the commandment to go. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to seek him about whether you should do it or not. Are you with me this morning? Oh man, church, I want to see you go. I want to see you in your best life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that he came, that we wouldn't just have life, but that you would have it more abundantly. I want us all to win, but it's only going to happen if we go.